0: Good morning, everyone. As we continue uh, in the church's tradition and celebration yesterday, All Saints Day, uh, those are those uh, members of our family and friends who have uh, gone into the very kingdom, the eternal kingdom, and are uh, close to God now. Those are our friends and families, and today the church celebrates what we call the holy souls in purgatory. These are our friends and family members also. And they too are members of our church and we offer prayers uh, for them. My friends uh, yesterday I explained to the masses that uh, we have these, in the church, we have these three ways of speaking. The church militant, that's us, because we're still fighting the good fight, the good battle here on earth. The church triumphant, those are those saints in heaven. And the church suffering, when we refer to the holy souls in purgatory, all of it is existence, all of it is real. So this commemoration of all the faithful departed, all souls, day evokes, uh, evokes a variety of memories uh, for many people, and uh, certainly traditions. In our parish, we write the names of our loved ones and friends. Uh, who have passed in the Book of the Faithful Departed, you will see it by the Paschal candle and the baptismal font. We have remembrance candles in our sanctuary to recall and to remember. For some, it is a day to visit cemeteries, to go to Mass or to church to offer prayers. This day is a day to remember those who have passed from this world It also is a time for us to renew our faith and our hope in Christ's promises in the resurrection, which I remind you, every Sunday in the creed, we profess at the very end, it says, talks about the bodily resurrection. It's a time for us to review our lives also. This commemoration is a time when we especially recall friends, and family members who have passed from this world. It is a day of mixed feelings for sure. We cannot remember the deceased without feelings of gratitude for the gift of their presence, even if, as is the case, it was for only a short time. But in that time, they would have brought great joy to us and laughter, maybe tears, and their impact in our lives still makes a difference. For some of us, we cannot recall those who have died without feelings, perhaps of guilt, as well as for things left unsaid or undone between us. This commemoration of the day to call into memory the people who touched us in profound ways and left a mark on our lives, for better or for worse. It is a day to remember and to mend then. It is a day to pray for those who have passed from this world, to show love to those who did us well, and to reconcile with those uh, who may have harmed us. One of the great truths of our faith is that we can pray for those who have died. Because of God's grace, prayer can unite what human death divides. In Jesus Christ, we are given the grace to help those who have died through prayer and through our penance, through our sacrifices, to renew broken connections, to show our gratitude or forgiveness. All Souls Day is about all of these things. Perhaps this is a day well-suited for each of us then to renew our faith and our hope in Christ. The Old Testament Book of Wisdom teaches that the lives of the just do not just disappear, go nowhere. It says that the souls of the just are in the hand of God. At the judgment, we will see that they are alive like sparks in a bonfire. In other words, human death is not the end. It is not an end. But it is a new journey. Our second reading, um, Paul has much to say about the final judgment and uh, whenever it comes that those who are alive at that time are very much alive. And he goes about speaking about how that happens. He would do us well to ensure us our Lord um, knows us than in this life because we have lived a life of faith through word and through sacrament, through our actions. Our gospel tells us that the Lord is looking for us in this world, that we belong to him and that his father has given us to him and he will lose nothing. He said, this is the will of my father. This is the reason why I have come. Every person, those uh, who had the gift of faith and those who had only the light of reason will be examined to see if they are like Jesus If we are, we will be with him forever. Jesus says in the gospel that no one who believes in him, um, everyone who believes in him will have eternal life, a connection to Christ that becomes permanent a death. And this eternal life, then, it is not simply a wish of ours, but a promise from Christ himself, guaranteed by his paschal mystery. What awaits us after death, uh, who are trying to be faithful to Christ, I know people laugh when I say this, are not hauntings of houses and other places. No soul-stalking, no meandering around graveyards, no some kind of weird reincarnation. I think some people, I think I'll come back as a, a cat. No, no, no. Eternal life with God, much better. All Souls Day is a chance for us not only to remember those who have died and to renew our own faith and hope in eternal life as promised by our Lord. It is also a chance to review our life and examine what we are doing with the time we have been given. The letter of the Hebrew says that it is given to each person to live and to die but once. Are we using the gift of life to walk in holiness and to do good as Christ Himself did? Are we becoming more and more like Christ, even now? This commemoration of All Souls Day is not a morbid day, but a day of renewing of our faith, of our hope, and our trust in our Lord and His promises. It is thus also a day, among other days, to review the direction of our lives now. This is a day to recall, to remember, to renew, to review. In the end, let this day be one filled with Christian joy and hope because we celebrate the resurrection with full knowledge that we are loved and we are remembered by God the Father. Friends, I talk about this from time to time. Memory has is one of the as a gift really with us humans memory has the unique capacity to recall those people and those events we think that we have lost and we're able to recall the thing about god is when he remembers it is real <laughs> so i always like remember remember my mom and dad lord because when you do, I know that they are much, very much alive then because for you, this is possible. For me, it is not. But for him, it is. That is incredible and wonderful. My friends, on All Souls Day, and we priests, bishops, deacons, we don't preach about purgatory enough because uh, for some, it frightens them and they should not be frightened. And for others, it's just a very hard concept to understand. And we should do better with our members to help them to understand purgatory. And my friends, uh, we can start with the word what does purgatory mean? Comes from Pugari, means to make clean. So, purgatory is a mode where um, we become, we are made clean. The book of Revelation says that nobody, uh, nobody who is imperfect and that can come before God, that's the way it is. So um, he makes clean that which is going to come into his presence. And there's forgiveness of sins and there's this residual thing. This is nothing to be afraid of. And purgatory is that place where we're Purified. And we say holy souls in purgatory, one, because the teaching is that the souls in purgatory can no longer sin where they're at. But they are being made clean. Purgatory and hell are different from each other. They are not the same. The church teaches in the catechism, those souls in purgatory are assured of their eternal salvation. Now, well, all those things that go on there, uh, that's hard for us to understand. Well, my friends, one of the things you've heard me talk about was Kairos and Kronos. Kronos is time, 925, uh, uh, or November. Kairos is an event in time. What happened to Christ on Calvary was a Kairos event. Where am I going with this? We apply our human thoughts to heaven. Uh, We think of, we say heaven and we think of a place, the moon, Mars, one of the other galaxies. It doesn't work. (laughs) The same is true then of purgatory. It's not in our human concept of a place, so to speak, or even time. But process so our perspective we can't help it but put our perspective on it because it's beyond us so when we think about that um when the saints in heaven uh they're outside of time and space as god is it doesn't it's not the same for them it's different the souls in purgatory also are beyond space and time So when we say, well, how long will they be in purgatory? I don't know, because there's no space and time like that. Is it an instant? What is that? The one thing that I can go to is the assurity of those who are there are assured, as the Catholic Church teaches in the Catechism, they are assured of eternal salvation that they will go into. Some of the saints have described it in very different ways that are kind of funny. They said, think of purgatory as the narthex, and heaven as the nave, and those are still, they're waiting to come in. And that's kind of, that helps. It helps us to try and understand. Uh, But it puts us right back into that space thing. This is the space of it. And this is the time of it. My friends, um, when we think of purgatory, there is a suffering, but not like we understand it. The suffering that they have is what is known as the agony of separation. And I know some of you understand this. You've lost your husband and you suffer. You've lost your child and you suffer. You know what I'm talking about, the agony of separation. That's different. That's not, while it feels like punishment, it is not. It is love. The souls in purgatory, I'm trying to get you to understand this so you will not be afraid to speak about this or to speak about it with intelligence. The souls in purgatory, it is this mixture of suffering and joy. Suffering because they cannot yet they too feel that separation. Uh, we call it separation anxiety, but this agony of separation. Uh, they can, if you will, these are just English. I mean, these are just our human. They see the beatific vision, but they cannot go there just yet. So, just as you long and it hurts, this is the hurt that they have because they see God, they see Him, but cannot yet reach Him. But there's also joy. This is all in the catechism. There is a joy for them. What is the joy? They know. They see. And it's just the whole thing. A matter of time. Whatever that is to them. Whatever that is there. Whether it be a second. And I always tell people, even one second away from your loved one is a suffering. So even one second in the narthex. (laughs) It's a great suffering for them, because they see. So it's not punishment, per se. These are things in the Catechism. We have to It's not that hell is a punishment. There's a fire there, and there's a fire that the saints talk about a purgatory. It's not the same thing. It's something different. It's the type of fire that burns to purify, not to destroy. St. Catherine of Genoa says, There is no joy save that in paradise uh, to be compared to the joys of the souls in purgatory because they see him as he is and they know they will be there soon so they're filled with joy. The Catechism 1030.1 says, Those who die in God's grace and friendship, I'm going to paraphrase, but still are imperfect, the residual of whatever didn't get worked out here. They are still assured of eternal salvation after death. Purgatory is a place of purification to enter into the joy of heaven. St. Faustina spoke about it. She encouraged us to pray. Our own patron saint, St. Nicholas of Tolentino, uh, he had a charism for the dead. He prayed for them all the time. We are encouraged to do the same. Remember, one of the teachings of the church that came through uh, the, the Holy Mothers and Fathers, but also through saints who spoke about the Holy Souls, the holy souls can pray, just as saints pray for us. The holy souls in purgatories pray for us. They cannot pray for themselves. It is of no avail, says one saint. They, their prayers are not efficacious towards themselves. They can no longer so they pray for us. Here's where we step in. Our prayers too with God's grace, become efficacious. Our sacrifices can assist them, however that is. So here's the proposition. This is what the church teaches. And let's say it's wrong. Prayers are good. Sacrifice is good, right? Everything's, you walk in holiness. You haven't wasted anything. But if the church is right. And it is. Your prayers, your sacrifice, and your suffering has helped them. Are they not our brothers and sisters? Would you not help them if they were in front of you? Then do this. Do it for them. You heard my proposition. If the church is wrong, you haven't wasted your time. You've walked in holiness yourself doing what you should be doing. But if the church is right and the saints who spoke about it are right, and they are, on this matter, you have done a great good. You have assisted your family and friends to enter into the nave, (laughs) into the kingdom. St. John Chrysostom said, help them with our prayers. Blessed Silo said so. St. John of the Cross speaks on it a great deal. St. Augustine had much to say about this, and he's like the smartest one of them all, next to Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Faustina regarding the fire that is spoken about in purgatory. Not the fire of damnation, my friends, but the fire of God's consuming love. Go to the book of Hebrews, last chapter. God's consuming fire. This is how you should understand purgatory. Not punishment, purification, the focus of purgatory is purification. <laughs> now, my friends, our church has many traditions and customs. One of them is when you touch the font of holy water and you make the sign of the cross, one of the saints said, when you do that, one of the souls in purgatory moves into to heaven. Just do it. <laughs> if the saint was wrong... You blessed yourself. <laughs> if the saint is right, you've blessed yourself and helped someone. It's a win win. <laughs> one of the other ones, and one that I am particularly fond of, and one you know. I told you if Father Mark is your pastor and he dies here, I want all of you to pray for me because I need it. Uh, the Mark is far from a saint. But the Gregorian Mass, 30 consecutive Masses. St. Gregory the Great is where it comes from, that's so why it's called Gregorian Masses. The story about that is that, uh, remember he, uh, he was Benedictine, be- he was a Benedictine monk before he became the Pope, and one of the monks, uh, Brother... Justin died, and Pope Gregory said he could feel Brother Justin around him, didn't know what he wanted, so he ordered one of the priests, say 30 masses, so he'll leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) He said 30 masses, the priest did, and St. Gregory, you can go and see the writing, said that the monk came to him and thanked him and Gregory never saw him again. If it's not true for some reason, it's 30 masses. Masses are efficacious. But if it is, mercy, Father, gets to go to heaven. (laughs) Now, My friends, there are times within our church when the funeral rite, the funeral mass, is not appropriate sometimes for someone because of the way the prayers are structured and stuff, but that does not mean you cannot offer a Mass for them. That's what our Mass intentions are, the efficacy of the sacrifice. Remember, Mass is a sacrifice. Remember, our sacrifices, our prayers assist them. So even for people who are not Catholic, people who maybe are not even baptized, we can offer the Mass intention for them. For good measure, maybe Father should have 60 Masses, just in case the number's off. You, uh, I know other Christian denominations tom- sometimes are very uncomfortable with this and really uh, get upset about this. But remember, uh, in heaven and in Percut, they're, they're alive. They're alive. And just as you ask Father Mark to pray, or just as you ask someone right next to you, pray for me, that is what we are doing. That's what the saints do for us. And according to the saints, that is what the souls in purgatory do for us. They pray for us. This is part of whatever it is they're working out. Now, here's the other thing. Suffering. Suffering on earth. And the catechism and the church is careful. uh, So Father Mark is going to take some leeways here. To the one who suffers on earth, especially greatly, I don't know how to put this, so to make, because it's going to come out wrong. That suffering is a purification and assists them when it comes to getting into heaven. So those who suffer greatly here, even now, being purified. So, for those of you who had family and friends who suffered greatly, know this. It was not in vain that they suffered. When we get to heaven, you can ask Jesus, why, 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 why? But when you're there, you're just going to be like, wow. (laughs) You probably won't. I thought about what St. Gregory said about the monk. God does whatever he wants. If one of your loved ones or friends who have died and perhaps are in purgatory, remember that is not hell, should they visit you? Take it as a sign you need to pray for them. Even that nudge on your heart, it's probably them asking. You haven't said enough prayers, get praying.